Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. And we've created a bizarre studio. This is the first time we've used this equipment. The studio is on the road. I'm joined today by Mr. Jim Edwards. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Alex. And our first ever live studio audience who will also correct any mistakes. Miss AK, hello. Good morning. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, I'm in your house and by the fire. We're socially distant because of our new studio. Uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, journey to joining Christchurch then, Jim. Absolutely. It's a, it's a pretty simple story, really. I don't think it'll take very many minutes at all. Uh, my beautiful, lovely wife, AK, we'd moved here to the Fox Chapel area about three years ago. And we had been attending a church across town, and we're actually about ready to become members when uh, when my wife said, this doesn't make sense. You know, we, we need to have community that's community with people that are our neighbors and close by. And uh, we shouldn't join over there across town. Let's just show up to the closest church distance-wise to our home. And that's what we did in uh, early January of uh, three years ago. I'm trying to think back. I remember meeting you in a coffee shop but that was before or after your your kind of first visit that was probably uh, a month or so later after our visit and then after i'd uh, been binging on your sermons uh, three or four a day for a week straight so we've all been there (laughs) 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 but normally normally i'm not listening to my own so uh that was a kind of like a an interview wasn't it i think you were it, it was in many ways that what I was he- what I was hearing and, and what the Lord was putting on my heart. Uh, there was a degree of trepidation that uh, it made so much sense, and it was so clear of a voice to me that I had to vet it out. And then there was a degree of suspicion that came through to it that it was it was so it was it was something that I hadn't heard before a, a message of grace a message of acceptance, the opposite of a works-based ideal of what a relationship with Christ is and uh, the forgiveness. You know, the uh, pr- probably one of the things that resonated the most was, was talking about the, you know, the dirty or filthy rags and trying to clean mm. with them. And then I was like, that that's something new. I haven't heard that. That doesn't, you know, and... Uh, that's Isaiah, isn't it? I think he says that his most righteous acts before the Lord are actually like filthy rags, and it's a strong image. I think I think they're actually menstrual rags in a culture that was defiled by blood. So, I mean, it's not just that they're filthy; it's that his best stuff is actually defiling him, and uh, mm. that just tells us that I guess we can't get right with God in our own strength. And it helped to take off the pressure. You know, I, I feel coming into Christ Church and uh, making a change for, for AK and myself and our family was that we were looking for, we were looking for community, we were looking for friendship, we were looking for acceptance, and then we were tired of, of trying to, to make it work through our own power and our own strengths. Mm. Mm. Do you, okay, you, do you remember this, AK, this, this kind of desire for a community of grace? Yeah, you know, and I remember we were just um, 
part of some larger churches, and um, and we were yeah we were just trying to always make it work, and uh, and I was just kind of tired of that, and I was just just kind of hoping for something that that felt like it fit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like a fit, like a home. Yeah. Yeah. And I I uh I was pleasantly surprised when we went. Absolutely. And I think one of the key parts was that you always had uh an expectation of faith and prayer in it that you d- you didn't have any doubt. You you said flat out, we're going to do this and it's going to work. And you you didn't doubt it along the way, the entire process. And then when we made connections right off the bat from the first day we walked in, uh, you know, we were able to, to meet uh, and see Chris Kahn there and see how <laughs> she'd <laughs> already funny. given us a tour of the country day. Not but a month earlier, we had met her. I think with uh, mm-hmm. with the lows mm-hmm. there that there was a a crossover from swimming lessons from the high school yeah Solomon there was. we saw them right away so all of a sudden there was people in the community and people that we had been in contact with that here we saw and, and we felt very welcome right and, and they weren't surprised to see us nor were we surprised to see them we're a bit of a village church in that respect but I do think that we feel a, a burden to be a, a gospel church as well. So, you know, we call ourselves community church, preaching the gospel. We're not trying to just be uh, nice. We're really trying to share something unique about Christ, I think. And I'm wondering if that's partly what you picked up then in those first weeks, was that we're really serious about grace. Yeah, ab- absolutely. There was there was a vulnerability. There was an honesty. There was humility that... Uh, that I heard from the pulpit, that that I saw in the in the leadership, in the vestry. It's because we're a disaster. <laughs> that's, that's why. <laughs> I, I just uh, you know I, I still remember the first time you know I think the first person one of the first people we met was uh, was was Jamie and uh, he still had his long hair and had an oh ear- Jamie is a disaster. It <laughs> had an earring in it and I <laughs> said man it's, I said if this guy can be in leadership here I've got a chance you know it's just it, it was it was such a refreshing thing to, to see that there was you know, a reality that was being spoken that people said, hey, you know, we didn't have it all together and we weren't always what you see now, yet by the grace of God and by the work and the power of the Holy Spirit, here we are, and come join us. There was this day when um, I think Jamie and Tracy had done this, this like, sleepover lock-in with the youth, and he couldn't sleep, so he'd gone to the parlor to sleep, and he'd slept, and he woke up during church, and so the first thing he knew (laughs) was that there were about 20 members of the congregation standing around and he woke up on the sofa with his pillow in his pajamas <laughs> in front of everybody. I think, you know, not afraid to be <laughs> authentic. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, you know, the other main part was that there, there was a seeking, there, there was an expectation that AK and I had that, that we wanted acceptance in a way that we wanted not to be judged and we wanted to find something. So why was that so important for you? Why, why, in particular, concern about judgment and a need for acceptance? Why is that part of your story? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a story of, of a life of someone that thinks that they can control and then have safety through control. Control relationships with family or friends or, or business and work. Mm-hmm. And the more we can control the, what we're not willing to let go of. 
and that, and that was important because I wanted the best for my family and myself, and I'd always thought that if I could just do the right things and say the right things and meet the right people, that everything was going to be fine. And yet the, yet the Lord had to show me that what I had to truly do was to relinquish my thoughts of control and to, to ask for others to, to step in, to step in with me and my, and my family, especially in, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, health reasons that came through and just, uh, just real mm. battles of testing of, of, of faith and that it wasn't mine to do. It wasn't my, it wasn't my job and journey to have to fix everything and know all the answers. And that was one of the first things I saw clearly was that there was such a wealth of information that I did not know, that I didn't understand. So to go back, let's say three years, and you know you're admitting now from this position of of complete transformation and a really new life and grace. Oh yeah, I had this control thing, but where were you three years ago? I mean, w- was this just confirming something that you knew, or was it news, or you know what was the story there? I, I didn't understand the, the message of the gospel in terms of grace, right? I mean, I, I like the idea of having uh, fire insurance. I like the idea of, of knowing that mm. if I did these things and said I believed in this Jesus, that I wasn't going to go to hell and that I wanted to go to heaven, sure. Yet the message of the gospel and even starting back to uh, the lessons from Sunday school and children's church, and I, I didn't, they didn't resonate through me. Uh, the, the ideas of, of the opening of my understanding through the power of the Holy Spirit, it just wasn't there. And really some of those first lessons that I needed to learn again, w- I was able to, to have by the use of uh, the children's program and being in there with Tammy and Josh and to think that I was a leader. Oh, no, yeah. I was just the biggest kid in the room. That, that's all there was, you know, and I had, I had to listen. Isn't that the, the mm-hmm. greatest thing, though, about good children's ministry or youth ministry? It, it speaks to the grown-ups. Absolutely, and yeah. then also with the adult forum and, uh, and, just, and just listening and, and I think back now at conversations I had with people that I, I just I didn't understand and I didn't I didn't know and I had to take the time and to have the humility to ask the questions and then to be received with grace by people that that didn't laugh at me and and didn't say well how, how don't you know that how don't you understand that you know that I really truly was ignorant to many ways of what what was in the Bible and what was taught and what the good news was and what mm. grace was and forgiveness and understanding and acceptance. Mm. Is that, has that been a big deal for you as well, AK? That, that grace um, and acceptance? I mean, sure, yeah. And I, I think just it's been amazing just watching Jim walk through his transformation in all this and and uh, just, it's been just really life-changing and really uh, amazing for our marriage. Uh, just yeah. kind of watching him walk in his faith. I, s- I mean, I see that in your marriage and the way it blesses Solomon also, I think, to have, uh, you know, it's not just, oh, Jim's had this change and you all get to watch. There's this whole dynamic, isn't there, of it's each relationship changing yeah, it, it's it's really amazing and um you know i think i think it's allowed me to change mm. um what do you mean by that that's really exciting it's allowed you to change 
Well, sometimes the tables are a little bit turned in that I used to be so sure of my faith, and Jim wasn't so sure, and uh, and sometimes the tables are turned, and I'm like, and I know that you're totally sure, but I'm not so sure, and um, but it's it's allowed me to to continually come to him and ask him, pepper him with with spiritual questions mm -hmm. just to to wonder what you know he's going to tell me and he always comes up with something really good it's and not, uh, it's not me baby it's the it's well the power of the holy spirit speaking through me and i don't know where it came from right it's not my own my own worldly earthly knowledge that he's speaking and i think back to priorities you know I, the longest time i lived my life and i had my priorities upside down you know i thought that the key to being who i was meant being good at my job, providing for my family, and showing the strength that I had it all together. When in reality, the priorities needed to be that I put Jesus first at the top, my relationship with the Lord and the Holy Spirit working within me, His will, not my own will, and then being the husband, being the father, and being a member of a church and participating in that community and the body of believers, and then doing the job that I had that pays the bills and uh, keeps the lights on instead of the opposite around. Yeah, which is mm. some of that control stuff that you were talking about, uh, I guess, earlier. Well, it's on me <laughs> to, to make everything work. Sure. sure. And, I'll, and I'll add some Jesus in as well, because if I'm going to be a controlling guy, then that's fine. I've got life insurance. And you call it fire insurance. Like, yeah, that's part of being sensible. Work hard and add some Jesus in just mm. to be safe. I get the filthy rags image now. Yeah. So I guess what I'm seeing is is um, a story of quite radical change that seems to have occurred gently, which is interesting. Because this is a... What you've done is you've made Jesus Lord. And really... I think he seems to have moved in your life from from a periphery fire insurance to a priority. You know, you're really into this thing to the whole point of your life. You actually submit him as Lord. And what we're seeing is fruit of of you loving Jesus. And uh, I mean, it's interesting you, m you mentioned your son as well and the children's ministry. Do, do you think he's seeing stuff in you, uh, your marriage, your home? your faith do you think he's seeing anything different there's no there's no doubt about it there's no doubt about it yeah he uh he seems to be joyful and happy and free and he's able to be to be a child and mm. to be my son and to have respect for his mother and father yet know that that jesus loves him and that he's accepted yes Oh, that's such a gift, isn't it, mm -hmm. to kids as well, mm -hmm. to know that you're accepted. So we're now at this this place where you've received the gospel, you've submitted to Christ as Lord, you've repented, you've also experienced blessing. And it just sounds so simple. Um, but I can't believe for one minute that life really is that easy. <laughs> It is in, in many ways, yet it's a continual act of, of the vulnerability, of the surrender. And it's against 
my my core nature of everything I want to do because I, I want to be the rebellious person. I want to have my own things. I want to be Lord of my own life, right? And mm. it's the opposite. It's about waking up every morning, getting on my knees, asking God to show me his will, his way mm. rather than my own. And uh, at the end of the day, taking an inventory once again on my knees and asking the Lord, to show me what things that I needed to correct and in what ways I, I was not perfect and, and recognizing that I'm not going to be as hard as I try every day. And it just just so much love was showed to us and has been shown continually by the members of, of Christ Church, Fox Chapel, by the vestry, by the leadership, all the all those that have gotten coffee with me in, in meals and, and chatted and reached out and just each one of those relationships and also, you know, with the with the choir and the music mm-hmm. and the in the ministry there, I just, I, I just, it's just amazing to me. And then the fact that it was never a quid pro quo, there was never anything asked in return. There, there was never any expectation from anyone else that I had to do anything other than to keep showing up and and being honest and being loved and being open. I mean, I announced this as a a podcast of a conservative evangelical charismatic Anglican church um, all this touchy-feely love stuff I don't know that the gen pop would associate touchy-feely love grace with that string of, of modified terms that I use to introduce our church so that's interesting uh, I don't know if you can say anything at all about why you think what we do is humble and gracious when really I, I think the reputation of those words I used would be the opposite, really judgmental and mm. self-righteous and opinionated and know-it-all. Um, why, I, I wonder, I mean, are you surprised by what you found in, in our church, <laughs> given the way we describe ourselves? I'm surprised that I that we found it in a place as as like this in Fox Chapel. Uh, but the more yeah. the more days I'm here, and what I recognize is that everyone's suffering from the same afflictions in many ways. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. That they they have to put on the appearance that everything is so put together, and that we have it all figured out, and that that money can truly buy happiness. Yet it's uh, it's not the fact. Yeah, I, I think that that's something we've really found. Uh, since moving here has just been, uh, you know, we moved from a reasonable area, but I had this church in a deprived part of the town um, where where there was real deprivation. There were 76 different languages spoken in Ben's elementary school. Um, wow. w- some kids came in to the church in August barefoot, and one of the leaders said, you know, where are your shoes? And they said, well, it's it's August. We get shoes in September. and And that's real poverty when you look at it um there were two ladies who lived in apartments next to each other one had 13 kids the other had 12 and these were two bed apartments so just you know it's hard to imagine that in a modern western country there could be anything like that on your doorstep and and we moved to fox chapel and you know uh, some of the kids in in hannah's school have, have got more than one pair of shoes it's incredible (laughs) <laughs> they're, doing, they're doing really well. Some of them have islands and jets even. And um, I, I honestly would say that I found more deprivation in Fox Chapel than I did in Timperley Gardens, but of a very different nature. 
uh, and it's a spiritual deprivation. And all the pressure of that money and success and control almost seems to have made life worse. I don't know if, it, if that's part of your story, but it sounds as though you've been freed from, from, <laughs> from that merry-go-round. Absolutely. We, we all have a different, a different calling, and it's not necessarily that we are going to, to sell everything and, and turn it over and, and, and then walk a different way, yet it's you know, how the, the blessings from God can be used to further his kingdom. And once again, that we recognize that everything right. is, is a gift and who it mm. comes from and mm. how to utilize it, and that, w- that we're called and, and we have, have talents and skills that, that we, we do need to use, we can use for the kingdom. And uh, it's just... I don't. I don't have any of those doubts anymore. I, oh, I don't yeah. have any of those fears. Uh, I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord, my God. I don't. Uh, I don't fear what this what this world is going to come and try to do to me. Right. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> the the casting out of fear is such a great fruit from the gospel, I think. And perhaps that's what I'm sensing in the town is actually fear. You know, what what if we don't make it? What if we're not? Good enough, or not best, or we don't get through. Yeah, what if what if they see us on our worst day when uh, we shed a tear and we don't have it together, and uh, mm. they can see that we're not perfect? Mm. Well, when the youth minister wakes up in his underpants <laughs> in the middle of the church parlor during coffee, that's right. I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure he listens to this. <laughs> I'll make sure it's posted on his new church website for him. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That can be uh, in lieu of the Wolpian crescendo, that little speech. Perfect. Thank you so much for letting me come over and uh, with all these wires socially distant. It'll, I can't wait to hear uh, how this came out. And uh, next week we'll be back in the CD garret of Ben Hughes's office, which will have transformed into a studio. It's going to be beautiful. And uh, if you, especially during Advent, are listening to this and you have a story, it it doesn't have to be this radical, you know, I was walking down the street and I got blinded by the Lord, although that's cool. Uh, It can be just an aspect of your life that's been transformed by the gospel. But if you've got anything like that, um, small or large, any kind of story about what the Lord is doing in your life and why, uh, please do share that as an encouragement because, as Jim and AK were saying, it's a community and... uh, I don't want a dry lecture from the front. Uh, that's just tedious. It's not that good. I think I want the gospel shared in a community. and So anything like this is just really edifying. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you the Los Yetis have actually travelled to Jim and AK's house all the way from Colombia in 1964, which is a neat trick. And uh, they're going to play us out. Thank you for joining us. This has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel. Thank you for joining us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.